Now, back to page 69 in Benware's book, the background points on numbers. This is under the outline, basic outline of numbers, left-hand column of the page. In order to move several million people with their belongings and livestock from Mount Sinai to Canaan, certain organizational steps had to be taken. Israel was arranged by tribes around the tabernacle, which was at the center of the camp. There was a fixed marching and camp camping order, and each tribe knew when to leave as the camp broke, uh, as the nation broke camp and marched, where to set camp when the march ended. The tribe of Levi, with its subdivisions of Merari, Gershon, and Kohath, camped nearest at the tabernacle. The other tribes camped around the tabernacle to the four points of the compass. On each side, there was one standard bearer, uh, one standard bearer tribe, with two other tribes. As it turned out, the nations learned the marching and camping order very well, since they spent forty years doing it. Well, if you're going to move a whole lot of people, you're going to have to do it in an orderly uh, fashion that everyone can predict, and so. If you'll turn uh, quickly to page 71, two pages over, then you can actually see how this is laid out. It's very, very um, clear and, and orderly in the way that they camped. So it was set up from the uh, camp of Dan. If you look at the top of the page, uh, the northern, the fourth division, and you can see the numbers of the various sides but the north would have been called the camp of dan and then asher and naphtali they were there and the Merarites uh were camped to the uh, north there as well so you can see this order i'll give you allow you and your leisure to look through the uh entire the entire look but um this is this is how they would have laid out and camped and, you know, if you took a calculator, you could number all of the people there and see who all God had with Israel. And it's kind of fun to think through that. Okay, back to page 69. The right-hand column, uh, the summary of the book of Numbers. The journey, first of all, from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. And... Let, let me just make a, a quick note here that we're going to spend more time with Numbers because it's one of the 11 chronological books. We'll probably spend a little less time with Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is absolutely critical. In fact, it's arguably uh, the, the ending section of the book of Deuteronomy foundational to the Old Testament. So I'm not saying that it's not important. But in this first time, we're wanting to look through the Old Testament we want to get the movement of it, the sweep of it. Because once you get that, the, the, the primary action, the movements, then you can add the details onto that. And so we want to get the skeleton before we show where the meat goes, as it were. Okay, page 69, summary of numbers, the journey from Sinai to Canish Barnea. Preparation for the journey in 1 through 9, and so you'll see... As we mentioned, that there is a um, census that's taking place. And after spending a year at Mount Sinai, the nation was ready to conquer Canaan. So it's pretty 
fast movement. I mean, think about uh, a nation mobilizing for war. A year is not too long a time to, to do that, to leave where they were, to uproot everything from Egypt, all of the establishment of 275 plus years in Egypt, and now they're going to be ready to, to um, unseat people who have been living in Canaan for many, many, many years. They've got to become a war machine. So a year is not uh, too long to do that. And after spending about a year at Mount Sinai, the nation was ready to conquer Canaan. And since Israel was going to have to fight against the nations in Canaan, it was necessary to discover how many Israelites were going to go to war. This is quite obvious. You don't want to go to war with an insufficient number of people. Total number of men were at least uh, who were at least 20 years old, and we've switched to page 70 now, following along with the text, and capable of fighting was 603,550. All the tribes except Levi were counted. That's not a small fighting force, you know, over half a million fighting men. And so Israel had to work this out. The tribe of Levi was selected by God to be those special people to care for the tabernacle and assist in the worship of the Lord. And at the time of the tenth plague on Egypt, God, when God preserved the firstborn of Israel, the Lord declared that the firstborn belonged to him. Now the Levites were to belong to God in a special way. All the firstborn had to be redeemed with a special price paid to the priests and the Levites. Thus we see the numbering of the people. Continuing on page 70, this left-hand column, the instructing of the people. Once again, the Israelites were reminded that they were to be clean because God dwelt among them. Emphasis was made on the need to be separate from that which was unclean and to be holy to the Lord. Then we get to chapters 10 to 12, the journey to Kadesh Barnea, first stage of the journey. Israel finally left Mount Sinai. On the journey, the people would be guided not only by the pillar of cloud, but also by the sounding of silver trumpets. In this way, more than two million people would know when to leave, when to set up camp, and when to go to war, and when to assemble together. And so we had seen in Exodus chapter 13 that this uh, pillar of cloud and of fire that it would be guiding the people. And so it's going to move, and then the people know when to move. So the Lord himself is leading the nation. And the priests are supposed to be those who are uh, assisting him in that, in that task. And, of course, Moses is the divine, uh, divinely appointed leader. And in this way, it was easy for everybody to know what they were called to do. But that wasn't to work as well as it was intended because humans were present. And so still on page 70, we see a rebellion against Moses. And we find that Israel is hard-hearted like uh, we often are. And of course, before Christ, we have hearts of stone, dead hearts that cannot have uh, you know, beat to the, to the life of someone who's in Christ. But now he's put in hearts of flesh. But not all of Israel had faith in God, even though this was God's nation whom he made a promise to. It doesn't mean 
that every Israelite was uh, someone who was headed to heaven. And so there are those who are rebelling against God and rebelling against uh, Moses and the system that God set up. All right. Although the Lord had graciously cared for Israel for more than a year, they repeatedly murmured and complained against his provisions for them. And complaining is an attack on the love and the character of God and is viewed very seriously by God. I, I recently heard a, a pastor who made the comment that uh, re- uh, complaining strikes blows at the person of God. When we complain, when we say that things aren't the way they ought to be, and we focus on that, we're basically saying, uh, God, I know you're here. Well, if we're a believer, we're saying that. God, we know you're here, but you're not doing a very good job. Therefore, I have the right to complain. So it's, it's striking blows at the character of God. God has promised to be with us. And so if he's with us and he's brought us to this place, then why would we complain about where his hand has brought us? If rather we focus on his character and say, God, we know you're a good God. You brought me to this tough place. How can I glorify you in it? Now, that, now that's saying something. Now we're in a good spot. Okay, still on page 70, uh, that final paragraph on all of page 70 under the picture of the mountains of Moab from the Dead Sea. We're continuing on. Um, complaining is an attack on the love and character of God. And, oh, the cross-reference. Cross 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 5 through 11. What a great passage. It reminds us that the nation of Israel, all that happened here is for us as the church to see that we would not do what the nation of Israel did. It's a warning. The book of Numbers and all that happens <clears throat> badly in the book of Numbers, it's supposed to be a warning. So what's the application of the book of Numbers to the church? Well, it's a warning against complaining. Look how God led the nation of Israel, and they complained, and they died in the desert. We don't want to be people who complain and basically miss out on seeing what God's doing and able to glorify Him. Spend some time in 1 Corinthians 10. What a great chapter in that section 5 through 11, particularly. And Israel paid a high price for her ungrateful spirit, the Troubled record here probably began with complaints from non-Israelites on the outskirts of the camp. The complaints were against God's miraculous provision of food and manna in chapter 11. They didn't like what he had provided. They're remembering uh, what a better time was, and then they complain. This rebellious attitude was immediately judged. Then later, the attitude of insubordination moved into Moses' own family with Miriam and with Aaron, And that's a very interesting section there uh, in chapter 12. Let's look at it for a second. Uh, This is where Miriam, uh, flip over in your Bible to Numbers chapter 12. It's just so interesting how God leads. But Miriam and and Moses, they, um, Miriam and Aaron oppose Moses. And then look at verse 10 in chapter 12. Of numbers, when the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous like snow. Aaron turned toward Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, "O my Lord, do not punish us, because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, whose flesh is half eaten, when 
He comes out of his mother's womb, and Moses cried to the Lord, O God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had not spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days. Verse 15, So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days, and the people did not set out on the march till Miriam was brought in again. And that, after that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness. Oh, this is amazing um, how the Lord immediately judged so that the people could see what had gone wrong and they would not join in the rebellion. God does that over and over and over again in the book of Numbers.